All right. Well, oh. <laughs> welcome to the planevents.ca podcast. This is your host, Kamran, and today is July 8th, 2021. Uh, it's been an interesting year. Got a huge slew of weddings this summer with various parts of the world, like in North America, opening up. Uh, a lot of weddings going on. So today we have our guest, Davina Parmar. She is a fitness and nutrition coach. And if you're wondering why this is relevant um, to weddings, I'll let Davina speak to that in a moment. But in a nutshell, there are a lot of people that are getting married that want to look a certain way for their wedding, and Davina helps them out do that. So I'm going to hand off to Davina so that she can do a quick, a quick intro of herself. Go for it, Davina. Hey, so yeah, in a nutshell, what I do is I help brides get in the best shape of their life. Um, and I feel like this is a very pivotal moment for a lot of brides because there's a lot of changes going on. There's a lot of things happening. You're probably moving from like your place to with your in-laws or with your fiance or husband um and it can be very difficult for you to put yourself first and a really interesting thing that I dive into with the girls that I work with is how they can put themselves first because that is usually the last thing that happens when you're doing all this wedding planning right and it's very very crucial to help you be the best version of yourself and why not be the best version of yourself and start being that version when you are making this change otherwise what I've noticed is a lot of brides do find that other things get in the way so in a nutshell what I do is I help you understand that you don't have to be on a diet you don't have to work yourself silly in the gym and you don't have to do all these crazy things that you may see on social media to be able to enhance your lifestyle improve your quality of life and also get the results that you want to be able to get as well. Awesome. Thank you for that introduction. So I, I think I have a handful of questions and I think we'll go ahead and jump straight into it. So uh, first question is what typically like what, how long should a person plan for, for kind of their program? Is it like they want 30 days results, three months, six months, like typically when do you get pulled in? How far ahead of, uh, of the wedding? Um, this is quite a difficult question to answer, really, because it also just depends on where you're currently at. And I feel like a lot of people, um, they, they, a lot of brides, they come to me and they say that they've never done anything like this before. They've never made any of these changes before. So, like, lo like a... It, to make the answer really short, what I would say is the earlier on that you can start making these changes, the better it is. Because say, for example, if your wedding, like my wedding, I've got a wedding coming up, <laughs> um, is 4th of September. And say, for example, if I wanted to be able to, I don't know, get results within, I don't know, about like two months time, it may not be realistic or maybe even less than that. It may not be realistic for me because um, if for example, I'm going from, I don't know, eating all this junk food 
to wanting to be able to overhaul my lifestyle a lot of people get caught up in the idea that they need to do all of these things but if you leave yourself a longer period of time to be able to do that you can build upon these blocks like rather than doing everything quick and the results come quick but they can easily snap back on again if you don't do it the right way does that make sense yeah, it does. I mean, basically, for, you know, for example, if you want to go from like, I'm going to use, I don't even know the name of the metric system in the US, but um, that's where I'm from. So let's say you're like you're 200 pounds. If you mm-hmm. just want to lose like 10 pounds, I think like a few months is very practical. But if you want to lose like 50 pounds, you might want to yeah. start off like maybe like a year ahead, right? Because I assume there's like a healthy rate at which you should be losing weight assuming that you want to lose weight assuming that's your goal is that is that correct yeah Yeah. so it's roughly if i because i work with a few brides who are in america as well the us um and i usually say to the brides i work with and generally if you want to be able to um if you're doing all the right things you generally this is just a generalization you should be able to lose roughly about three to four pounds a week and if you build upon that, imagine you're building upon that um, and you do that week on week in, week out, and you get that progressive kind of way of doing things, it can be a lot easier for you. And also to keep in mind here as well, when you have gone from barely doing anything at all to doing um, this exercise and eating healthier and making these healthy changes, you're generally you will see a bigger change because you are quote-unquote shocking the body you're making these changes that you you may not have made before so you will see some sort of change like bigger change at the start of your journey and then after that it usually comes down to the maintaining phase does that make sense yeah it does it does yeah the um and then as far as i understand the the big parts about overall like how you physically look and feel come down to your diet and then your like your physical activity and so can you give a little bit more light shed a little bit more light on both of those and kind of like which one tends to play a more important role yeah i, I it's interesting because a lot of people think that they need to like they say that they're good with their nutrition they're making these choices they're kind of making healthier choices but like what what is a healthy choice (laughs) you've got to ask yourself that question um but overall like a lot of people feel like they need to do the exercise um and they need to start moving more especially after what's happened in the world like yes it's really good to start moving more because there's so many benefits to it but a lot of people overlook the nutrition side of things so what i tend to do with the brides i work with is i look at their nutrition first make sure that we've got our nutrition nailed and alongside we start doing some of these movements like getting our steps in and getting our workouts in but I the as the saying goes you can't out what's the saying again let me have a think <laughs> you can't um what's the you can't outdo a bad diet or something like is this yeah i think i know what you're talking about like you can only do so much so much physical movement and like yeah, yeah, yeah. In a day. So, 
Yeah, yeah. But I think you get what I'm saying. So you can do all the workouts in the world, but if your diet's not on point or if your diet's not dialed in the way that it should be, you're not going to see any changes that you want to. It's the whole idea of like, I guess, you're doing your workouts Monday to Friday. And if, for example, this is what I see a lot of like people doing, um, especially like they are going on a restrictive diet Monday to Friday and then they end up overeating on the weekend and that can undo all of their progress. But they're still maybe going to, to, the, to do the, their workouts at the gym. And I find that, I can say this because I did this myself before, I would do all the workouts, I would train really hard in the gym, but then I would be like, well, I train really hard at the gym, so that means that I can eat whatever I want. And I find a lot of people tend to do that as well. Yeah, I used to do that too. Like I would yeah. do cheat days or like cheat weekends. Yeah. And then like during the five days, I'd be having such a strict and restrictive diet. But I would actually mm-hmm. in like a, to be honest with you, in like a six month period, I would actually see no changes in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I feel like it comes down to being too restrictive in the first place. Because if you are being really restrictive and if you're saying, well, I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to eat carbs, I'm not going to have chocolates, I'm going to cut out all the sugars. Um, but then when you do crave it, it's like you say to yourself, oh my God, I haven't seen this in a really long time. I've got to have it now. Because you're coming from that sort of lack mindset that you haven't seen it in a really long time. So then you do have it and then it undoes everything. But if you start incorporating whatever you enjoy, say on a day-to-day basis, like, I don't know, a piece of chocolate a day or something like that, probably something you you won't hear many coaches saying to you. But if you incorporate that into your lifestyle and your nutrition, then you're more likely to stay on a healthy way of eating. Yeah, I, I like even in my experience, I've, I've, I've found the same thing. Which brings me to my next point. So there's all these types of diets, right? Like, I'll just say the ones that I know have been long standing. So you've got like low carb diets, you've got keto, which yeah. is a very extreme form of low carb. Um, you have different types of eating patterns. So you've got people that, oh, they need to eat every two hours, but then you have other people that mm-hmm. eat, you know, they do intermittent fasting. And I don't, think there's like at the end of the day for me i'm not a coach obviously that's why i have you on here but for me i feel like you got to do whatever works for you and so um like what are your thoughts on both like those diet those types of diets those protocols and what do you generally find do you have any specific examples of the types of diet programs that tend to work best for you for for the brides you've worked with so this is um like an interesting thing because um it's interesting once you get your head around this whole concept of if you are on a diet in the first place say for example a low carb diet um the thing you need to remember is the calories how much you eat is going to be the thing that's going to help you get to whatever goal that you want to be able to get to it's not like the types of foods that you eat it's just depends on the amount of calories that you have and if you think about this before you go on a low-carb diet you're eating a certain amount of calories so for those of you who don't fully understand what calories are calories are basically going to give you the energy that you need and to put it really simply 
you have different types of calories to be able to help you reach whatever goals you want to get to. So you've got your maintenance calories. So my maths is really bad, but I'm going to keep this as simple as possible. If, for example, you are 60 kg, you need, I don't know, a certain amount of calories. Like I, I'm plucking this number out the air, something like 1700 calories to stay that weight, to maintain that weight, right? If you want to be able to um, put on muscle or put on weight, you go in a surplus. So you add a certain amount of calories. And this is going to make sense in a second. And if you want to be able to reduce your weight or tone up, you reduce your calories by going in a calorie deficit, by going down by like 1,700 takeaway, however much. But the thing is, a lot of people... This is a side note. A lot of people get get it off Google or they get something like off MyFitnessPal, which is a generic thing. It's not specific to that person, that lifestyle, their goals. But um, let's take this into consideration. For example, you may be, I don't know, on a, a certain amount of calories like, say, 2,000 calories to maintain your weight. And if you are having carbs then whilst you're at 2,000 calories, right? But then you go on a low-carb diet, you're essentially going to be taking out a macronutrient. You're going to be taking out a certain amount of calories. That macronutrient is your carbs, right? So you may be going down from 2,000 to, I don't know, say 1,700, right? So you've already taken out 300 calories of your diet. The reason why these people on a low-carb diet get to like um, reduce their weight or whatever results they want is because they've reduced their calories that's the only reason why and a lot of people see this as a way of losing weight but there's two avenues you can look at how to drive your health so the way that you feel your energy levels your sleep quality your gut health your all of those kind of things which are impacted by what you eat so a lot of people can um, relate this like taking out carbs to the way that they feel their um gut health their sleep health and everything they may feel at the time that it's helping them do that but it's going to affect your energy levels not your actual physique does that make sense yeah yeah no it, it totally makes sense to me i know that there are some people that are really big followers of keto and i know that their argument is well you know you're if you do no carbs, then your body starts using fat as an energy source. I don't yeah. know. Like I haven't done the research. I'm not going to say that's true or not. I just know that peop- a lot of people that are for no carb or low carb will say yeah. uh, fat's, uh, can be, fat gets used as an energy uh, source. But I personally, you know, um, definitely I eat carbs <laughs> to, to, to yeah, yeah. get energy for sure. Yeah. Uh, and just for folks who might not be familiar with like what macronutrients are, like macronutrients yeah. are basically like three main things: uh, your fats, your carbohydrates, and your proteins. Yeah. And I think is alcohol considered a macronutrient? Because I know alcohol is not technically a carb, right? Um, I would say it would come under the um, category of carbs. I wouldn't call it a macronutrient because the macronutrients usually so you get macronutrients and micronutrients so you get your proteins your fats and your carbs and then your micronutrients are like your vitamins and minerals that you find in your fruits and vegetables so if we were categorizing it under healthy nutrients it would be 
it wouldn't come under a macronutrient because it's okay. um but it can sort of come under the category of carbs um but um in relation to your question i think i went off on a massive tangent there but um the um what was i saying the diet that's going to work best for you is the one that you're going to be consistent with. A lot of people feel like that they can go on a keto diet, which is great for them. But I personally, I went on a keto diet and I found my energy levels were like so low. I felt hangry all the time, like super hungry and hungry all the time. And it can affect your um, hormones as well, especially if you're a woman. So it can have that effect. But if it works for you, then it works for you. Great. But the best diet to go on is something you can stick to consistently. If you are trying a keto diet and if you are trying to stick to one, like we mentioned before, you're super restrictive Monday to Friday and you end up having a cheat meal or a cheat day or something like that. And if you ask yourself the question, is this something I can keep up with consistently for, say, I don't know, the next two weeks, two months, two years, then great. That's something you can stick with. But if it's like a cycle that keeps happening where you are falling off track and trying to jump back on the wagon again, then it's not something that you can stick to really, is it? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's funny. Um, so I've been doing various forms of, I don't even consider dieting now, but let's say like seven, eight years ago, I would have considered these things a diet. So I've tried like low carb, keto. Yeah. Um, all these different things I tried eating every two hours and, um, like those all didn't work for me, but they didn't work for me because I did not like apply that because I was not consistent in them until I finally figured out what actually, what's something that kind of complements my lifestyle that solves my problem. So for example, growing up, I didn't eat breakfast anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I was, uh, so Intermittent fasting kind of became a natural thing for me to gravitate to. But before I started doing intermittent fasting, I was eating every two hours. And my problem is when I eat something, if I eat even a snack or a meal, I ha- I like I just can't stop myself from eating like a lot of calories. Like I'm not going to do, you know, six meals that are 200 to 300 calories each. Those are, those are like snacks for me. Like I like having really big meals. So when I was doing six meals a day, I just got fat. Um, yeah. Versus when I started doing intermittent fasting... Um, I could have that big meal because I just have like one or two meals and like that first meal would be like, you know, 12, 1300 calories and I just make sure I hit all, you know, get my protein requirements, my fats, my carbs and, and that worked for me. Like I didn't, I naturally just stopped having cheat meals altogether. I didn't feel the need to have cheat meals because I found ways to get the foods that I really enjoy eating and make them fit into like my, my calorie restrictions. Yeah. So that. That's something that worked for me. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm get, hearing from you. It's like it comes down to like, you're, you know, are you in a caloric surplus or deficit? Yeah. And there are many ways to get there, whether it's eating every two hours or intermittent fasting or doing a low carb diet. Like these are all tactics and you got to mm-hmm. figure out what tactic works for you, like works for you. And what works for you is whatever you can be consistent with. That's not super painful and you know after you know maybe after the first several weeks or months after you get used to it yeah yeah and um i don't i'm I'm a big advocate in doing that because i've been there before and i've done tons of diets and i felt like none of them have really stuck with me but the big the 
the one which I've been able to stick with the most in the lead up to my own wedding has been the one which I've enjoyed the most because if you think about it if you're enjoying the process like then (laughs) then you're enjoying the process you're not feeling like you're on an actual diet and I feel like a lot of people try and um stick to something that they may have seen somebody else doing just because the other person down the street or like your next door neighbor or your friend or whatever has done a diet and it's worked for them it may not work for you but I don't want you to beat yourself up because it hasn't worked for you because I feel like a lot of women take it personally and um, and I've been there before when I'm like come on Davina like you're um an, a really like educated woman why can't you stick to this diet what's wrong with you and and we take it personally and (laughs) borderline like taking it emotionally and that kind of thing and it just starts a massive cycle but if you take that out of it and you think of it like a logical way and think right okay for example like I like having breakfast before I go to the gym so maybe intermittent fasting isn't going to work for me or if I like having um like like you intermittent fasting like if if you've got a busy schedule in the morning and it just genuinely doesn't work for you then don't try and make it work for you because it's not going to work for you anyway because I see a lot of women trying to make their lifestyles fit around this um when really you need to make it fit into your lifestyle yeah and I totally agree like I for a long time I would pursue these fads thinking like they would be the the silver bullet for getting yeah. like that angle and it just never worked it just did not work there is no silver bullet it's just whatever yeah, yeah. whatever is going to whatever you're going to find easiest to stay consistent with so um my other question is track calories or not track calories like what is your take on this <laughs> um so I still track calories because um it, there was a time where life just got in the way wedding planning got in the way personal life work life everything got in the way and if for personally I think it's a really great way not in terms of a um way of helping you lose weight I don't want you to obsess over the numbers there's two different routes wait let me rewind let me start there again so there's two different routes that you can go down if you are completely new to calorie counting and if it's something that like completely goes over your head just focus on the number of calories so whatever calories you come out with after making sure you do get some professional advice about it and then focus on hitting your protein levels and then if you for example like having more fats so things like oils on your salads or like avocados nuts and that kind of thing or if you focus on having if you like having more carbs think of having more carbs but make it fit within your calories you can easily do that but the thing is with that if you're not educating yourself on what calories are in which foods which is what you do through calorie counting that's how i use it with the girls i work with then it can be difficult for you to be able to understand right this this piece of salmon here is is high in fat it's going to have this many calories and that so then i need to know how to kind of put it in a jigsaw puzzle so the way that i explain it overall calories is like a big jigsaw puzzle it comes under like a big umbrella under this big umbrella you have your proteins your fats and your carbs your macronutrients 
And then the jigsaw puzzle comes in. When it comes to your day-to-day way of eating, your breakfast is a one piece of the puzzle. Lunch, snacks, and dinner are all the rest of the puzzle. But you've got to make it fit so it fits within your calories. Because if you're not tracking your calories, it can be difficult for you to understand where you are now and what needs to happen for you to get to where you need to get to. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. I, I kind of think about it. Okay, so I've been counting calories like every day for the last seven, eight years. Like I could, in theory, eyeball it, but yeah. counting calories has been has just worked better for me than to just like not count them. And yeah. um, it like literally, for example, if I know that I'm going to a wedding tonight, I'm gonna have a very, very, very small dinner. Yeah, because I want to leave. A bunch of calories for the wedding you know so like i can plan my day out that's why i count calories also there the fact that i have to keep punching every single thing i eat into an app it like that adds friction for (laughs) where i don't even like want to just like i don't want to eat just i don't even really snack because it's so inconvenient to snack and then add it to the app and then snack some more uh so there's kind of that aspect in it and 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 it's kind of like you know if if for for anybody who has to manage their own money and they'll manage their own finances yeah if you had no budget and you just you just you were of the mindset that you have infinite amounts of money and you just spend until like you feel good Mm -hmm. um like you would probably go broke but if you and you had a budget then you actually have to start planning like what how much can i spend what should i be spending it on you actually have to prioritize so kind of like when you count calories, yeah, you under there's a lot more intelligence behind like how you select your food, but you also start kind of planning more strategically, like how do how do, what do I want my food to look like today? Yeah, yeah, um, completely. It, it helps with the structure, and it's interesting you brought up that point because a lot of people ask me, um, how do I say, for example, go to a cake tasting and stay on track? How do I go on Hindu or have a bridal shower and stay on track? And the way that I go about explaining it is by doing exactly what you said. Like, if you want to be able to enjoy your life, you still got to have some sort of structure in there as well. It's like having that structure is going to give you the freedom that you want. But if you don't have any structure, then it's not really going to give you the freedom because you're not going to be able to kind of rein it in, in a sense. Yeah, no, exactly, for sure. The... um... The other question I have is, I want to get a hot take. Cheat meals, cheat days, (laughs) or neither? (laughs) Um, For me, it's neither because I pretty much have like chocolate a day, ice lolly a day, cake a day, biscuit. biscuit. I know in America you don't say biscuit, do you? You say cookies. (laughs) I just realized that. Um, um, but yeah, I personally don't feel like you need to have a cheat meal a day or a che- I mean a cheat day or a cheat meal if you are enjoying the process anyway. Like my partner, he has um, this is pretty much his diet. He has chicken, pizza, ice cream. Um, obviously, still got his veggies and stuff like that in there. But it depends what angle you want to take it in. Like it's the whole, I guess, opening can of worms of like dirty bulking and stuff like that (laughs) yeah for anybody who doesn't know what dirty bulking is it's like a term that was coined i think more than a decade ago on the internet for a person that they 
the goal is to bulk, like gain muscle, but they eat everything in sight and they use that bulk uh, <laughs> term as like an excuse to just eat whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so going back to like, so I used to do, I used to have cheat days. Like I would literally, yeah. on a Saturday, I would go through like four or five drive throughs to get all the food that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and then after a while of doing that, I was like, okay, this is not working. And then I tried cheat meals, um, like one cheat meal uh, a, a week. And then eventually, as I kind of progressed into intermittent fasting and really just trying to hit my macros like my protein goals my fats and my carbohydrates that's when i started finding ways to fit what i like into my daily diet yeah. um so now i don't even really do cheat me i probably do literally i never plan a cheat meal anymore so i probably yeah. do maybe under 10 cheat meals a year so less than once a month okay and um that's because i have figured out there are so many substitutes out there with like technology there are low carb breads yeah. there are low carb tortillas that you can chop up and turn them into nachos there are tons of baked goods you can make with like stevia um, almond flour yeah. coconut flour that are like yeah. very very little carbs so there are so many ways i mean it doesn't taste exactly like the the real no. thing but yeah. uh i mean it tastes good enough where i don't feel tempted to eat the real thing like ever like yeah. I would rather just like even if even if it is a even if I gave myself a cheat day, I would still opt for the healthier version because I've just gotten to the habit of doing that, and and I yeah, can actually yeah. feel how I can feel how it makes me feel like the next day. Yeah, and I feel um, like when you do start like a a health journey, um, and it becomes easier over time. It's just the initial hurdle of like, oh, I don't really want to give up my pasta, but you don't have to give up your pasta. But once you start getting into the swing of things of like calorie counting and getting to the gym, you don't feel the need to indulge in that much food. Like when you do, because you're having it not as often, when you do, you, you kind of appreciate it more and you don't take it for granted as much. Not saying that anybody would anyway, but when you do um, have, say, for example, uh, like a bowl of ice cream, you, you are going to appreciate it more because you don't have it as often. And you do realize, I guess it's the whole shift um, of looking at food in a way of rather than I need to eat food to fill me up or whatever from shifting from that to uh, I'm eating foods to fuel my body and enhance my lifestyle and improve my way of living because once you start making that shift in your mind as well around nutrition it's going to help you shift your way of thinking when it comes to cheat meals and even the word itself cheat meal is like it sounds naughty right yeah <laughs> but, exactly but you it doesn't have to be like having a piece of chocolate is not naughty like we're human beings we don't need to like feel guilty around it we only feel guilty because like wow this is another can of worms like social media especially if you look at like all of these campaigns of like brides needing to look a certain way you can't like I don't know, there probably is a campaign out there saying that brides can't eat chocolates or they can't eat cakes, they can't eat this because they need to fit in their dress. Like, that's probably the first thing that comes into a bride's mind. Like, how's that dress going to look on me? How's that dress going to feel on me? But it shouldn't be that way because we should, like, for me personally, food is here to help me 
enjoy life. It is part of enjoying life. And if you're unable to enjoy the process and enjoy life, then what's the point, really? Do you get what I mean? No, I, I, to- I totally do. So I have one more hot take, and then I want to spend like the last few minutes just briefly talking about exercise. We chose to not to go too deeply into exercise, one, because it's a very visual thing, so it's hard to like describe <laughs> on a podcast. But two, it sounds like, and this is my experience too, is that nutrition is so critical that you can even start your journey with just nutrition alone and then get yeah. to exercise later. So that's kind of why we went this route. So with my hot take, I want to know alcohol, no alcohol, or in moderation. And this is from the perspective of its effect on like your your body composition so not like <laughs> lifestyle um i don't know if i'm the best person to ask this question to you because i don't really drink that much um but in terms of your body composition i guess if you're able to fit the, my approach is if you're able to fit it into your calories there's no reason why you should have it off limits like even a couple of weeks ago I had some alcohol and if you do because obviously like if you're a bride listening to this you're probably going to have times in the lead up to your wedding where you want to be able to celebrate and I don't want you to think that you can't have the cake you can't have the chocolate you can't have alcohol because that's the worst thing like to think if you're going to a bridal shower or like a hen party and your everyone else is drinking around you I don't want you to think oh man I can't drink because I won't fit into my dress because that's yeah you shouldn't be thinking of it that way personally my advice to you is to just have it in moderation because at the end of the day like you're only ever going to get hopefully this chance once (laughs) um and to get married once and if you aren't enjoying it then like again what's the point yeah no agree once again it seems like it's uh goes back to what's manageable for you does it fit within your constraints meaning like your your nutrition constraints and whatnot so that makes sense so as we wrap up, can you give us a uh, kind of a brief summary of your approach? Let's say you have a bride. She's <laughs> never worked out in her life. She is probably about, let's just say, she wants to lose 20, 25 pounds. Yeah. Um, and she wants to do it over the next three months. Um, like, what's your approach to that, towards that, in terms of when you introduce, you know, changes to nutrition, when you start introducing physical activity what kinds of physical activity you know over time so can you help walk us through that yeah sure so initially what i would do is like we talked about is nail the nutrition first but i would get you to i would get this bride to start doing any type of movement if they've never done any exercise before i obviously wouldn't throw them in the big weight section because they wouldn't be comfortable with that so what i would recommend for you to do is to start moving as much as you can so getting walks in so hitting at least ten thousand steps a day that may be a far reach from for some people who are working from home so within the region of like eight to ten thousand steps a day and then on top of that just start educating yourself around like doing the 
main movements. So I come from like a strength-based background. I just wanted to kind of, um, what's the word? Preface that so that you would be able to understand. Um, so what I work with, with the brides I work with, is the main movements. And you don't necessarily have to have like a ton of weights as in lift weights at home to be able to achieve this straight away. If you are focusing on getting your squats right, your um, deadlifts right, um, and your um, upper body exercises right, like your bench and your standing press, those are the main exercises I would say for you to look at doing. And then you can start working around that there. But in terms of your exercise, um, I would recommend for you to just start moving your body as much as you can and try and find something that does work for you. And then if you want to start toning up, then incorporate those exercises that I mentioned. And then that way you're going to be able to not only become more sort of like, uh, what's the word, athletic in terms of, not like an athlete, but athletic in terms of like being able to like some of the girls I work with said to me, they're able to do the hoovering without getting out of breath and going up the stairs without getting out of breath. It's just going to help with your overall activities, like getting the shopping out of the um, car and that, or gross, groceries <laughs> out of the car and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, t- t- totally agree. And, and for those who are not familiar with some of the exercises, Davina mentioned like squats, deadlift, bench overhead presses you can youtube them just general you know general advice is it's always good to seek you know uh professionals advice whether it's you know from a coach like davina or maybe you need to talk with your physician to see if your body is in a place where it makes sense to do those because those are pretty um they're fundamental strength Mm -hmm. exercises but they're also really easy to do incorrectly and hurt yourself so um just something to keep in mind so as we uh, bring this to a close, Davina, do you have any last words you want to get out? Any last things you want to share before we bring this to an end? Yeah, just to keep in mind, if you're a bride listening to this, that you don't have to go on any restrictive diets. And if you feel like you have done loads of things before that haven't worked out, trust me, there is something that will work for you. You've just got to find it. And by talking to the right people um, and making sure that you are like educating yourself around it as much as you can is going to be the best thing for you. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's honestly, for, for me at least, not that I wish this upon anybody else, but this it's taken me like five plus years to make mistakes, figure out what works for me and what doesn't work yeah. for me. But I, I also didn't have a coach. I had to like figure it out all on my own. So yeah. I'm sure if I had a coach, um, it would be a different story for me. But uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So Davina, thank you so much for sharing some nice. guide, some guidelines. Yeah, principles. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Absolutely. Have a good evening. And you. Bye. Bye.